We have a great institution here in central Illinois, in Springfield, the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Library and Museum. And yesterday, there was a bit of a, some breaking news catching some people off guard that the state-run Abraham Lincoln Presidential Library and Museum was not re-upping a memorandum of understanding with the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Library Foundation, which is a private entity. Full disclosure, my wife works for the state-run facility, but she is not in management. But to get more details about this and the reaction, let's talk with Erin Carlson-Mast. She's the president and CEO of the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Library Foundation. Erin, thanks for taking time with us this morning. How are you? Thank you, Greg. I'm doing well. How are you? Good. So uh, this is something I think first we need to kind of talk about what the relationship was before yesterday and really kind of a way for people to understand what's the private foundation's role uh, with the state-run facility. Yeah, thanks, Greg. Sure. Um, So the foundation was created about 20 years ago. Um, by citizens who saw a real incredible opportunity to create a presidential library and museum for Abraham Lincoln. Um, And some of your listeners may be familiar with the fact that there are other presidential libraries and museums. Um, Those tend to be federal. They're part of the National Archives. uh, And then they have a private foundation that is their partner. So this kind of public-private partnership is very common Um, not only in the world of presidential libraries and museums, but in the world of museums in general. Um, The difference here is that the um, Abraham Lincoln Presidential Library and Museum is a state agency, um, but it still has this private um, foundation or this independent foundation partner, which is the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Library Foundation. So uh, the foundation helped create the museum and library and then Ever since it opened, um, the foundation has been dedicated to supporting it, uh, and that's that's amounted to over $42 million in private support that the foundation has brought um, to the efforts over the years. So yesterday, uh, the state-run facility put out a note uh, saying that the memorandum of understanding between the public entity and the private entity expired at midnight, uh, and uh, essentially saying that you guys were going to be parting ways. Uh, and I want to get your reaction to some of what they had to say here. Uh, while the ALPLM will continue to entertain meaningful proposals from the foundation, we'll explore the development of a new partnership program and a new foundation to support the Presidential Library and Museum's mission. Uh, what does that signal to you guys at the uh, private foundation? Well, Greg, it's it's concerning because, and it's puzzling and baffling, um, uh, because, you know, we've been negotiating in good faith um from the beginning, and, um, you know, there's a lot of rhetoric here that's um, really disappointing, and I I do think there's a a door that remains open and an opportunity, Um, but, you know, taking a step back, I'm new to this position, and I'm new to Illinois, but I'm not new to the field. Um, For the past 20 years, I've devoted my career to museums and historic sites and public-private partnerships. I've served on the board of an association that itself serves thousands of museum and library professionals and is is really dedicated to improving best practices for the whole field. And the challenges and controversies of the library and museum, including leadership issues, are well known, right? It's not a secret. Um, And, you know, 
Greg, I thought folks really wanted to move past that and get to the real work that benefits people. And this was supposed to be the moment to make those ambitious plans together. That was the promise. Um, so, you know, I gave you the deep history, but in the couple months leading up to this, you know, the chair of both boards said, it's a new day. We're going to let the new leaders lead. That was presented as a joint commitment. And I signed on for that. I was excited for that. You know, I can tell you that the foundation fully subscribed to that. So, you know, it's very discouraging that a handful of folks at the library and museum took this posture as I was arriving and two months before the director starts. So, you know, the new and, and, leaders and again, really, just, to, just to reiterate, yeah. uh, your phone dropped out just a little bit. The state-run facility was without an executive director for several months here, and they did select somebody uh, to come in as the new executive director. Uh, they start sometime this summer, so there's still some time That's between right. now and then. Uh, and these decisions being made to not re-up a memorandum of understanding not being made with that new uh, executive director, from my understanding. So that's kind of where we're that's at, right. to where they make this announcement yesterday, uh, that they're going to be yeah. parting ways. Now, one of the things, and we're talking with Erin uh, Carlson-Mast here. She's the president and CEO of the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Library Foundation, which is the private entity. Um, we'll talk about some of the other things uh, that, that are associated with that, including the, the taper collection, which has been somewhat controversial. Um, but one of the things that uh, the... The, the state-run facility said in their statement was that they feel it's vital for the foundation, and this is a quote, to disclose how much money it raises, where that money goes, and what fundraising plans are in the works to support the institution. But they say that you guys were unwilling to provide satisfactory answers to those questions. What's your response to that? Greg, my response is that that's a real mischaracterization, and it's it's part of disinformation about the foundation that's really baffling and unfortunate. Um, the current leadership doesn't seem to understand or appreciate um, that the foundation is a nonprofit, a separate nonprofit. And so the insistence about this being about sort of transparency is really puzzling. The foundation has an independent audit every single year. We file 990s that are publicly available. Um, you know, the foundation has never had a single audit finding in its entire 20-year history, not one. Um, and it publishes that in an annual report every year. We also send, you know, upwards of 10-plus monthly reports to the library and museum um, about other revenue streams. So, you know, I think that what they're characterizing as, uh, you know, a, an unwillingness on the foundation's part is – from our perspective, um, their attempt to control what is an independent entity that has its own governing board of directors. These are fiduciaries that have that responsibility and take it seriously. And our board includes, um, you know, a state senator and a state representative. So there's an overwhelming amount of transparency here on the part of the foundation. Um, but, you know, the foundation cannot submit to being um, to an incredibly one-sided agreement um, that is not one of mutual cooperation, which is called for in state law. It's supposed to be mutually cooperative um, so that we can establish, you know, a real positive trajectory. It's really, um, you know, I have a lot of experience fundraising, Greg. It's really difficult fundraising without a plan. And there's no long-term strategic plan. There's been a lot of leadership turnover over there. Um, and so, you know, the foundation asked for, uh, you know, a, a system where we could reasonably collect the information that one needs to fundraise, you know, timelines, budgets for projects, things like that, that would 
facilitate our ability to better support the library and museum. And you guys haven't been getting that information uh, in the in the past few months that you've been around. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's what our request was, and um, you know, a negotiation is supposed to be more of a conversation, not a take it or leave it proposition. And um, you know, what we were handed was a take it or leave it proposition. So it's a perplexing and it's an entirely avoidable situation. Um, and, you know, why in this current challenging economic crisis would the state say that because the foundation won't submit um, to their litany of demands that would effectively, you know, treat us like a state contractor, um, that the result is that they don't want us raising any funds for them? You know, what purpose does that serve? I don't I don't see how that serves the public at all. We're talking with we're talking with Erin Carlson Mass. She's the president CEO of the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Library and Foundation. Getting reaction to the state-run museum and library uh, announcing that they are ending their memorandum of understanding after it expired uh, at midnight April first, uh, and the relationship there. Uh, some of the uh, the language used in uh, in the announcement. Uh, we're hearing from uh, Miss Carlson Mass that uh, it's a. Uh, it caught them uh, by by surprise. Uh, I do want to touch on the the, the financial uh, component one more time here, just in as much mm-hmm. as what kinds of finances have uh, uh, the private foundation been offering the museum uh, and the library on the state run side? Uh, if you could just like you know the past year, for instance, how much? Uh, I know you guys say forty two million dollars in the past twenty years, but uh, yeah. how, how much support has there been in the past twelve months, for example? Yeah. Well, um, Greg, I think that's a great opportunity to remind folks that it's a pandemic year (laughs) as well. Um, And fundraising for any cultural entity has been really trying in this climate. Um, You know, there's a lot happening and a lot of need out there. Um, So, you know, the um, from the most recent financials I saw um, the last year, it was uh, shy of two million that was raised towards efforts. Um, towards commitments that we've made to the library and museum. Now, if the library and museum asks us to, um, you know, to purchase something or to fundraise for something, um, there are plenty of times when the foundation pays for those things directly. We raise the money and we pay for the commitment that we've made, and that's appropriate. You know, if we're, uh, if we have those commitments um, to the funders that have given us money and trust us to spend the money appropriately. You know, it's not appropriate for us to just hand it over to the state to use however they want. Um, you know, it's not it's not just sort of a, a blank check um, for the state to put um, towards anything. We have an obligation to our donors to see that the money we raise from them is being well spent. Aaron Carlson Mass joins us, President and CEO of the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Library and Foundation here on the WMAY Morning News Feed. Uh, a couple other things, and I appreciate you taking the time with us this morning. Um, the Taper Collection has been uh, front and center for a lot of uh, news articles, everything from the, the Abraham Lincoln hat and whether or not it's legitimate as far as uh, if it's linked to him directly to a whole host of other things as well. What's going to happen with that collection uh, that uh, the foundation has gifted to the uh, the Presidential Library and Museum? Uh, how, how is that going to be handled moving forward, especially considering uh, there's still reportedly debt involved with that, right? Yeah. So the collection, that was, you know, when that was purchased um, at the request of the executive director of the Library and Museum, it was purchased by the foundation. The foundation is still the owner of that. It's on loan to the Library and Museum. 
um, right now, and that that loan agreement is separate from the mem- memorandum. Um, and uh, but it, you are correct that the foundation, um, and that's one of the things that we're still actively raising money for because the collection has been a benefit to. Um, the library and museum and its visitors for over 17 years now. Well, and again, I want to um, also reiterate, it's not just the hat, right? I mean, the, the collection oh has my gosh, no. an yeah, incredible no, Greg, amount pre- of stuff there, and it's not yeah. just the hat. It, it's it's over 12, over well over 1,200 pieces. Um, when it was purchased, it was the largest private collection of Lincolniana at the time and considered, you know, exceptional. Um, and it and it is. I mean, there are amazing treasures in there. I've had um, folks over at the Library and Museum take me through um, the vault to see some of the things there. Um, and, um, you know, it's it's a really incredible collection. But the hat has drawn, and it's unfortunate because the hat has drawn an inordinate amount of attention, and it's created a real distraction. Uh, Greg, I was a curator before I was ever an executive director. Um, and so, you know, this is this is something I'm super comfortable with is the, uh, you know, doing the research and digging into um, what is and what isn't. And provenance, as, as we call it, you know. Um, it's like a chain, sort of, it's like how, a chain of custody, right? That, right. Uh, well, provenance is sort of understanding, yeah, what not just the chain of custody, but sort of the other factors related to that. And it's not always clear, even for things that stay within a family. Um, you know, you can have multiple people who all claim um, that they have the thing. Um, Likewise, when you have something that has a broken chain of custody um, or or rather a chain of custody that's not documented, which, you know, I mean, it might surprise people that that folks didn't do that with every single thing Lincoln purportedly owned, but they just (laughs) didn't. There are countless examples of that. Um, and so I think, you know, what we'll continue to do is research that. There's a, a process underway for the next phase of that um, and get answers and be able to share those with everyone, um, you know, because we want to learn more. We're, we're in the history business. We want to learn more. We want to share what we find. Um, and we have a strong track record of doing that. So We're talking with Erin Carlson Mast. She's the president and CEO of the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Library Foundation. Uh, After news that the state-run Abraham Lincoln Presidential Library and Museum announced that they are not re-upping a memorandum of understanding between the two agencies here, one private, one public. Uh, But uh, what's next here, especially as the the library and museum, the state-run facilities, says they're going to look at uh, different options of maybe creating a new foundation of sorts. Uh, what's, What's the next step here? Yeah, well, I think, you know, we're evaluating all the options, but to be clear, the foundation is still um, ready, willing, and able to resume negotiating good faith. We feel really strongly that needs to be done with the help of a professional um, mediator because, um, you know, one of the things I will say is that a lot of the things in the agreement that they were demanding and, and, and the current situation is contrary to state law. Um, You know, state law calls for certain things like a working group that was supposed to be overseeing these kinds of matters. Um, And the foundation has had its members named from day one. Um, There are other things that are also in statute that uh, uh, the state was trying to undo with this MOU. Um, I think that it would be really confusing and not particularly productive Um, to continue this kind of rhetoric and posturing. You know, if you wanted to repair the partnership in good faith, Greg, 
um, and the foundation is is the partner in statute. You focus on trust and relationship building, not threats and demands. And why would the state want to force a situation at odds with state law on an arbitrary timeline, right as I'm showing up as a new leader, you know, locking us out of our offices before my counterpart even has an opportunity to unlock hers and for us to sit down and um, talk about how to work through this and find a way forward. And that was a, um, yeah, that was another you know, element of this is uh, they, they essentially blocked you guys from your offices. Is that right? Uh, that's that's the threat. Yeah. Um, and I don't really see how that um, that builds confidence in um, in how the state views its nonprofit partners. Um, you know, the we're we're one foundation of many foundation and societies across the state um, that work to support um, and augment what state agencies and state entities are able to do to serve the people. And this just sets a really terrible precedent. Aaron Carlson Mast, we'll keep close eye on what's going on here, uh, and uh, we'll connect again soon, I would imagine. Uh, President and CEO of the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Library Foundation here on the WMAY Morning News Feed. Appreciate your time this morning. Thank you, Greg. Despite everything, I remain optimistic that we could find a way forward together.